Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, so grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain as we give a rundown on today's dates and some interesting historical facts, and to sharpen your wit as I toss out some random musing and facts just to get your brain gears turning, and hopefully a time to enrich your faith as we talk about our walk with Jesus. Hey, and this week, once again, co-hosting with me on the brew and sharpen parts of the Daily Grind, my sister, Carla Cockrum. Hello, Daily Grind. So happy to be here. Got a cup of coffee and let's go. All right. Let's get this show on the road. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. It's Monday, September 11th. On this day in 1297, the Scots, led by William Wallace and Andrew Morey, defeated the English at the Battle of Stirling Bridge. Whoa. And um, that would make it somebody should make a movie about that. (laughs) (laughs) And on this date in 1609, Henry Hudson discovered Manhattan Island. Oh, okay. Whew. What a find. I know. I don't, it's always weird to think that you discovered a thing where there were people living there already. <laughs> yeah. And yet you discovered it. <laughs> and yet you discovered it. I don't know what hmm. those other people were doing. Not discovering it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on this date in 1792, the Tavernier Blue was stolen in France and recut. And that recut gem was renamed the Hope Diamond in 1839. Oh, oh my goodness. That is so interesting. I did not know that. There you Ooh. go. Ah. And, and on this date in 1977, the Atari 2600 released oh. their video game console. And we still have ours. Yes. Pong <laughs> rules. Okay. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. And obviously, September 11th, on this date in 2001, terrorists crashed two planes into the Twin Towers of the mm-hmm. World Trade Center in New York City. And a third aircraft crashed into the Pentagon, and a fourth plane crashed in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. Ben yes. Lenny, the man who ordered all commercial planes to be grounded on 9-11, did so, interestingly enough, on his first day on the job. Oh, no. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That is like the little story you go, wow, what a first day at like. Um, And how long did he stay at that job? Uh, I might have reconsidered my life choices. (laughs) Oh, bless his heart. Oh, my goodness. I know. I've gone. I've never. Yep. Never had a bad first day, I guess. Mm. (laughs) Or third or fifth or 972nd, (laughs) whatever. And September 11th is. Hot Cross Buns Day. Oh, yum. It's Make Your Bed Day. Okay. You should really, that should be an everyday day. It's National Day of Service, and it is Remembrance Day. Okay. For 9-11. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. When Horace and Diana Wilcox founded Hollywood, 
California in 1887, they hoped that it would become a religious community. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it sort of (laughs) did. Kind of, but not (laughs) probably what they were hoping. You know, that we know a lot more about dead people who made history than we do about living people who are changing it right now. Do you realize that there's just a couple of tiny pieces of tape that are stopping the gravity of a 5.972 sextillion ton rock from pulling down my poster? No. (laughs) Well, now that you're put it that way <laughs> yes <laughs> it makes you go wow all those little adhesive oh. things that we hold stuff up with uh, no because that that is the weight of planet earth and just for those of you at home that are not my math whiz sister a sextillion <laughs> is a digit followed by 21 zeros mm-hmm. it's big teddy roosevelt <laughs> gave us the phrase speak softly and carry a big stick, and you will go far in 1900. Yep. A group of, yes, a group of caterpillars is called an army. (laughs) All right. I just can't help but throw those in now since you were so fascinated (laughs) by murder of crows and unkindness of ravens. I don't understand. I was watching, rewatched Batman not too long ago. Mm -hmm. Why would the people of Gotham put this amazingly nice theater next to a place called Criminal Alley? Right. Yeah. What were you thinking? Yeah. Some Uh. city planning. Come on, guys. Uh. Not everything on social media is good. But I will tell you, I really like being able to see pets without having to talk to their humans first. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) As a parent... I think you, if you parent children, there's a point where you have to come to the realization that you're not going crazy. <laughs> that your, your kids are actually throwing forks and spoons away. Okay. <laughs> yes, they are. That's the only explanation. <laughs> yes, they do. Why, the where are they all going? Yeah. <sighs> Now it's that time on the daily grind to enrich your faith. This Sunday at church, Brady Locke in his sermon mentioned and made reference to Richard Foster's classic Celebration of Discipline. It is one of those books that I reread uh, every so often. And it's a book that I have just recently given to a friend in our small group to look through the Celebration of Disciplines again. As we explore spirituality, faith, But hold on, don't turn off right now, because it may not be what you're initially thinking about. Perhaps if you're like me, when you think of meditation, your imagination runs to some tradition originating in the Far East. Uh, I know my mind often will conjure up a picture of a Zen garden, people in robes, sitting with their legs crossed, making om, om kind of sounds. Well, that is a form of meditation, but it is not what the Bible talks about when it says meditation. The aim of Eastern meditation really is to become empty, 
to set aside yourself and become one with the universe. The aim of biblical meditation is for us to encounter the living God uh, and lead us to places of repentance and obedience and faithfulness to his word and the ways that he calls us to live. It's all about making space in our ever so busy schedules to just sit, slow down, and be in front of Jesus. Which means that the enemy of meditation is business and hurry. Meditation is slow in nature. It can't be hurried or squeezed in. The ultimate aim is that we would constantly be aware of the presence and the person of Jesus in every moment of our lives. But this can only happen when we're going at a pace where we are slow enough to engage our timeless father. Richard Foster puts it this way. He says it is often easier to numb our thoughts, feelings, and longings with distractions rather than engaging with them in a quiet place. For me, I find that busyness is usually joined with distraction. I'm busy, but in those moments where I do find spare minutes, I often use it to check what's going on on social media or some score, or I'm looking at a screen feed rather than focusing on my Heavenly Father. It is often easier to numb our thoughts and feelings and longings with distractions rather than engaging them in a quiet place. But that is what discipline is all about. It's about making time and space to be aware of Jesus and to bring him uh, into our lives and conversation exactly as it is and asking him to touch our lives and hearts with his presence, with an awareness of his presence. He's always there. It's just whether or not I acknowledge it. In the Celebration of Discipline chapter on meditation, Richard Foster offers up five different routes for starting this journey. And I would encourage you to pick up a copy of this book and pick one way and practice it. Choose a time, put it on your calendar and choose a place. Get somewhere quiet without distraction and then give it a try. So if you're just listening to me today on the Daily Grind, I'm going to, so, but if you don't have the book yet, or you're not planning on getting it, I'm going today on the Daily Grind provide a guide for the first route of meditation, and that is meditation upon scripture. And I would encourage you just to try it this week. So meditation route one, meditating on scripture is about actively engaging with scripture. You pick a passage, uh, one of the stories about Jesus perhaps, and read it over a few times. And then imagine yourself as someone within the scene. Maybe you're the woman at the well or the cripple by the pool or a child that Jesus engages with. 
Perhaps you're just a person in the crowd witnessing the miracle. Put yourself in a lot of those different places. And then ask yourself, like in this story, what do you smell? What do you see? What do you touch? What do you taste? What do you hear? Let yourself be drawn into the story and experience it firsthand. What are you noticing about Jesus? And stay in that place of imagination and engage with Jesus before you. What do you want to say to him? And what does he want to say to you? And then in that time, or it's to provide some act of service before someone has to ask us, or to call or message a friend that we're knowing is having a difficult time. Try to act in obedience right away. And then think about writing down any other reflections you've had during that time. So as you embark on a journey of biblical meditation, remember to take it slow, make space, and remember the goal. Before I wrap up today, I will tell you that in the show notes, uh, I've gone ahead and listed a Monday through Sunday recommended scripture reading by Richard Foster to explore meditation this week. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Daily Grind as we took a look at biblical meditation. I hope that you will find moments of stillness and have an encounter with our amazing living God and Savior. As always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow on The Daily Grind. Be sure and check out the show notes. Drop me a line. Give me some feedback. Would love to hear from you. And until tomorrow, grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus.